Okay. I'm a little bit nervous about this one today, but um, God, God is bigger than I am, if, from what I remember from the last time. But um, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk about something that I like to do today, but before I do, I'm going to pray. So, Lord God, I do thank you for this day. I pray that this will be an encouragement as well as a challenge to all of us to live the way you would have us live and to be someone in our community that people will know us by the fact that we've been with Jesus. Lord God, we just want to bring you glory in everything we do. In Jesus' name, amen. So today, being an untrained speaker, I'm going to talk about something that I like to do, something that I really like to do a lot. Now, I know, I know Mike Jip and, and Stan really appreciated what they talked about last week. And, you know, they, they're, they're, their big thing is, is, aside from worshiping and that, they really love to go out surfing. But, you know, the idea of getting out in that water where there's something under there that's going to eat me, that, that just does not appeal to me. That really just doesn't appeal to me, so I'd rather go out and do something where maybe a big tree will fall on me and squish me, you know. <laughs> so I, I guess I guess each of us has our, our giftings and our our areas that we're interested in. Uh, a lot of times I like to I like to go out hunting and that, but usually when I get out in the woods and go hunting, I, I, I fall into a pile of firewood. I, it, it it just happens every time I go out and I start looking for uh, looking for deer or elk or something, and all of a sudden I start seeing all the firewood. And I'm going, oh, I'll bet that one would burn good in the stove, you know, and that. And so today, my my message that I'm talking about are three trees. And you're going, well, three trees. Well, how can you do that? Well, there's there's a story behind each of these trees that that I had the first, yeah. Three trees, three trees. But it, it also it also uh, pertains to, I believe, us as a body and as individuals. But um, you know, year, years ago, back in back, the first one was was cut back in two thousand and eight. But I'm not going to start with that one. I'm going to start with the one I think it was at about two thousand or twenty ten. Might have been twenty twelve. We had a uh, December the third storm, and it was it was just really blowing to beat the band, and and I had a woodcutting area that was my own area, but in order to get to it, there was there was a whole bunch of trees that were down, and this this first tree over here was a real big one. I had I had to actually I I couldn't do it with my twenty inch uh, bar and my saw. I had to go grab my thirty two, which that's a little bigger tree. And Kim, I know Kim knows what I'm talking about. That yeah, takes a little bigger tree to, you know, there, there, there's some wood in that one. But um, these trees were down. I couldn't get to my area, and so I talked to the Forest Service guy, and he uh, he said, uh, I, he said, well, I can't get to my area. There's this, this tree across the road. And, and uh, he said, well, just cut it up and take it. And I said, oh, okay. And as soon as, soon as, I, was, as, soon as I was off the phone, I went, all right, man. Instead of instead of getting all this little garbage stuff out there, I got a big tree, and uh, you know I started cutting this tree up, and and uh, 
two pops, and the thing just split wide open. I went, wow. I looked at that, and I went, wow. Man, that grain is straight. And, and, I, and I spent 12 years in the cedar industry, and I looked at it going, you know, I could actually make shakes out of this fur. I mean, it was that perfectly straight. And, but it, 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 there was a story to be told by that tree because uh, I know Kim knows about it. Most of you might, that have lived around here long enough might remember the 81 storm. That was a big storm, and this tree should have been affected by that. But it wasn't. It wasn't affected at all, which told me that this tree and, and the way the grain was being just perfectly straight like that told me that this tree was kind of like the people in this world that are, that are that we, we all know these kind of people that it's like they, they seem like they, they're living on easy street, you know, and, and they've, they've got everything going their way. And they're, they're making all kinds of money. They don't seem to have any struggles. But this tree went through one, and it was too late. It went down. Now, this first tree probably, you know, it's kind of like a lot of the rest of the world out there. You know, they, they don't believe in God whatsoever. And they, uh, they kind of go through life, like I say, all living on easy street and everything. And, and they, they, you know, they, they go back in through history, and they believe the science about this world being billions of years old that, that formed out of this big ball of gas. I don't know where they think the gas came from, but, uh, but it just formed, it formed out of this big ball of gas, and, and all of a sudden it became molten, and then it, it started to rain, and it cooled that down, and it formed rock, and, and then the, the, the rain kind of dissolved the rock, and it went down into this primordial sea, and... All of a sudden, lightning hit, and then life came from that, and and that that's they they think somehow or another we came from that. Well, in Proverbs one, twenty five through twenty seven, kind of talks about this tree. It says he's talking about the people that believe in themselves, you know, kind of like the Frank Sinatras of the world. I did it my way. Well, I wonder if he still is. Um, but uh, it says since you ignored all my advice and would not accept my rebuke. I, in turn, will laugh at your disaster. I will mock when calamity overtakes you, when calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, when distress and trouble overwhelm you. Well, you know, I think that that first tree, believe it or not, we get more around here than you think, but I think that first tree got taken out by a tornado because of the fact that it had never really experienced any stress. The wind came in from an angle that it wasn't used to, and when it went down, you know, it, it, it not only did the tree go down, but the top of it had been twisted around several times, and I went, ah, something. I mean, that tree got hit in a way that it didn't expect. And I, I have my box with me today, too, because as it was going down, it cried out to its ancestors, but I don't know if they helped them or not. Because his ancestor I have in this box, you remember he believes in evolution and that we all came from, from some kind of primordial rocks that were dissolved. Well, I got his great-great-great-great-great-great-grandpa right here. And he's a rock. He, he's a rock. Just a rock. What's that? Well, he doesn't have any mouth. 
Well, he can't hear me anyhow. He's got headphones on. He's listening to rock music. But, but you know, that, that's actually really a sad, that's a sad state of affairs that there are so many people in this world that go their own way, do their own thing, but there's going to be a time when they're going to go down. And, and as good as that wood was, you know, I kind of, the, the story, basically that was the story to me is that, that you know, we're, we're not called to be separate. We're called to be a part of a body a part of a of a of a group, and not only did that tree when it went down, it took some little trees with it, so it it basically destroyed others as it went down, and it was just that big a tree. Well, the second tree, I cut this one just a few years ago, and uh, that one was kind of a surprise to me because I had another uh, every everything I get mostly is on the seventeen twenty six or up off the 1860 road. As soon as I say those, I know Kim knows exactly what I'm talking about. He, he, he's one of the guys that would know what I'm talking about, but the, the 1726 is where I get most of it. And all of these actually grew within about, oh, maybe a mile and a half each other. But, um, but that particular tree, it, it has been laying there for at least 50 years. It had been on the ground for that long. And I had a particular area where I had some wood to cut and and I went up to cut, and and somebody had stole my wood. Well, I was down to about a about I needed about a cord and a half to fill out my tags for that year, and and so I called the gal up there at the forest service and said, you know, somebody stole my wood. And she said, well, you know, but you can get what's down there within 50 feet of the road. And and I said, well, okay, well, but I'd, I'd seen this I'd seen this one log sitting there probably for the last 20 years. You know, but I, I figure, well, you know, I'm not out of anything. I might as well give it a try, see what's in there. And so I went over and looked at him going, yeah, that thing's been there a long time. You know, and so I, I started cutting away, and, and I, I got my, I did my first cut, and my saw just go, right through that wood. I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. You know, and so I did another, right through that wood, and ended up with three rounds, and they I rolled over, and then I just hit it one time with my maul and popped right in half, and I went, oh, right, I'm sure glad, I'm sure glad you guys stole the garbage out there because I got the good, you know, and I ended up with over a quart out of that tree. But, but that tree is kind of at the other end of the spectrum that I want to talk about is that, that I kind of, I kind of believe that this tree is kind of like the people that, that have, have come and gone before us you know we have you know we we remember like i mean they're even though they're still alive we, we have our tom and betty's people like that uh susan and i we also not only have tom and betty but we have our ron watson's people that are examples to us that you know as a as a church and as a body you know not only are we individuals but but these trees are kind of like a church in that they they're they're actually kind of a body of of in a sense trees, but they when they grow the roots are kind of shallow and they spread out and they actually intertwine with each other and they help to hold each other up, you know. And so that that's kind of what I picture with these guys. Um, I I just kind of picture these guys as being 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 trees that that would protect the people that are coming up. They give us an example, give us kind of a firm foundation, 
It's kind of like what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 4.16, just a real simple verse. Says, Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. Huh. Pretty good example. I think Paul was a good example. Um, you know, a lot of us are going to go through storms. I mean, I'm sure that, that that tree in its life went through storms. You know, as a matter of fact, it would be kind of a little interesting is that that it was it was big enough and just I, I don't know why I just I wanted to count the rings to see maybe how old this thing was and and quite frankly I think this tree was a seedling when the pilgrims landed it's that it's that old and yet it it basically protected the other trees because the forest there was really vibrant and active and I realized it had left a, a legacy behind um, I know I know we probably don't like this one particular passage in, in James 1, 2 through 4. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Oh, that's a real happy verse. Uh, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perver- perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. Well, that's what this tree was. It was mature and complete, and it protected its neighbors and built the community up so that when it was gone, it left a good legacy, and it had a real strong foundation for the rest. Well, now I get to the third tree. And this is, the, the third tree is going to be the one that's a little bit hard to talk about. Because this is the one that I actually cut the first. It was back in, in 2008. Uh, the, the, there was a different firewood person back then, but... You know, I was looking for an area, and I guess he must have felt sorry for me or something. But he says, well, he says, I got a spot for you. And so I, he said, you'll have to come look at it. And so this was on a spur off the 1726. It's like the 112, 113 that kind of loops around. And, and so we go back in there, and and I'm looking. I don't really see anything. He says, well, so we started walking back in the timber. We're talking big trees back in here. And and we come up to this pile of trees that were down. There was about 12 trees, and they were all huge. And he says, well, there's another time where he said, well, you know, you can, you can, you can have all of this if you want it. And I, I looked at it, and I went, oh, okay, I'll do that. You know, and as soon as he is going, like, oh, right, again, you know. Here, I'm, I'm a, you know, the reason, you know, reason I, I can talk about wood today, God told me this, too. He said the reason, reason you can talk about wood is because you're a woodchuck, and that <laughs> that's it. I, I I'm a I'm a wood I, I I can't help it. I'm a woodchuck, and so so I was I was just really excited by these trees, and and there again I had to I had to have my big saw to cut these up, and and uh, I kind of I kind of think that these trees could be more appropriate for you know I, I would like to be the tree number two. I don't want to be tree number one. But this tree here, tree number three, is there. There was a there was a bunch of trees. There was like twelve trees that were down, and uh, but when I when I was cutting these up and and went to split them, they didn't split too good. Now, as a matter of fact, it took a lot of work to split these things, and and uh, I, I got to looking at the wood, and and most of you maybe you wouldn't know. I'll bet Kim might notice, but but. The, the wood's all corrugated in these trees, and, and it, was, it was what I would call timber-bound. And 
that really kind of surprised me until I started thinking, well, I, I know why they're like that. It's because where they grew. Uh, these trees had been through lots and lots of windstorms in their life. And the growing through uh, windstorms like that will end up making the trees, they, they kind of, they get all, I mean, especially with cedar, we hated that kind of stuff because we could, it took a lot more to make money out of. You want, you want the stuff that grows on easy street for making money. But, but this stuff, these trees are stronger than the other ones, even though they're a little harder to work with. And I was, was like, wow, you know, I was really surprised by that and, and all that, how, how tough they were to split. But they had an issue. <clears throat> and that's in my box here, too. This, this might surprise you. But there was a bunch of these guys growing on the wood. And these, you know, I, if, if I'm not cutting firewood, I love looking for mushrooms. Now, this is one that, you know, if, if you're really particularly fond of eating wood, you, you might be okay with. But I got a feeling these are real bitter. But m most people call these like conchs or shelf fungus. But they're actually polypores. And you see these growing on the side of trees out there in the woods. And, and if you... If you uh, see those things, you know, it, 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 people, most people wouldn't recognize them as being much of anything, but uh, they're, they're actually bad news. They are real bad news. And I think what happens with these is they're, you know, they, they usually become active in late summer and like early fall. And what happens is, is there's just millions and millions and millions of little spores in those guys. And they, they get disseminated out through the air, and they are looking for a place to go. And they just float around. But, but you know, this, this tree was a mature tree. Most of the trees there were. They'd been through, I, I'm thinking this is kind of like a church that had been through a lot of storms in the past. But something happened along the way. You know, just like some of the churches that we're talking about in Revelation, something happened. And... These, these spores found a place where there was a fresh wound on, on one of these trees. And the moment they, it takes two of those spores to actually set up the fungus. This is actually just like the apple on an apple tree or a pear. This is the fruit of the fungus. But what that fungus does is it finds that place where there's an open wound. And all of a sudden it sets up shop and it goes in and it rots that tree from the heart out. And basically, if you see that on a tree, it's dead. I mean, whether there's greenery on it or not, it's dead. So what I'm looking at here is I'm looking at something called maybe a little bit of unforgiveness and how that can affect each and every one of us. Because we are a community, what affects me affects everyone. You know, Stan, I mean, we're talking about the different giftings that we have in this body. But if, if I'm in pain, if I'm a part of this body, if I'm in pain, then guess who's in pain? We are all in pain. You know, if, if I'm angry at somebody, you know, with unforgiveness, well, guess what? Then that means we're all angry. I mean, it just it affects the whole body. And not only did it take those 12 trees out, but I noticed throughout that area that that there were a lot of trees that had these funguses growing on it. 
and uh, it was just a matter of time till that whole section of forest was gone. You know, which, which with trees, I mean, they don't get a second chance, but with us, I think we do. We we do, and that's that's the big difference between a tree and us is that, that like I say, they don't they once they have that, they don't get another chance. But if we allow unforgiveness to to stay in us, it will eventually kill us. I mean, it just it rots you from the inside out. Um, I, I shared with I shared with Adrian about something that I found, which I I didn't you know I didn't even know this existed. So uh, for me, it was kind of interesting that, um, and I'm not saying that if if you are sick that, well, that's because you you have unforgiveness. No, I mean it could be for multiple reasons, but. Did you know there's a guy by the name of Stephen Standiford who is actually the chief of surgery at Cancer Treatment Centers of America and that uh, refusing to forgive makes people sick and it keeps them that way. And of all his cancer patients, 61% have forgiveness issues. That's a big number. And of those, half of those are severe. You know, and it's it's caused by anger, hatred, you know, and, and things like that. Uh, you know, to look up the word forgive in the dictionary might be kind of important at this point to give you the actual definition for it. Uh, it basically says to pardon, to cease to feel resentment, to acquit, absolve, give up the de- desire to punish. And so, well, you figure, well, so what's unforgiveness? Hmm. Well, you look that, I've tried to find a definition for that, and it actually gives you the word unforgiveness, but that's it. So you're going, well, maybe it must be the opposite, so I have to look on the online thesaurus, and, and sure enough, you can, you can find the word forgive, and then you look for the opposite, and, and it's just kind of interesting, the words that you come up with. How about to condemn, to accuse, to blame, punish? to charge with crime, to sentence, denounce, belittle, to point the finger at, to put down, to abuse, a fault finder, to malign, to slur, smear, gossip, are all words related to unforgiveness. And that, that's, that's kind of, that's pretty severe stuff. And, and uh, my Bible says that, and um, uh, now let's go here to, Oh, let's go here to Matthew. There's actually a couple of verses with this. Uh, how about Matthew six fourteen and 15 says, For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. That's pretty severe. I mean, that's that's an absolute. That there, There's no... There's, there's no, well, maybe I can just hold that one. No, no, you can't do that. I mean, we have to let it go. And, uh, oh, let's see. See if I've got another one. Um, well, it's it, talking about the, 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 the actual servant that had been given many, many, basically he'd been given or forgiven an unpayable debt. And yet he, in turn, went and, grabbed his fellow servant and basically uh, was going to basically choke the life out of him until he paid. And 
And God, in, in anger, says his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will te- treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. Okay, pretty powerful stuff. Um, I This is going to be a little bit tough for me, but, you know, the reason I'm, one of the main reasons I'm talking about unforgiveness is because, you know, quite frankly, it's something I've struggled with almost probably all my life. And you're going, I don't want, I don't want anybody feeling sorry for me uh, because each of us has our struggles. And I think the last 10 years, I think God is, has, has slowly but surely, I think forgiveness is sometimes something that it's not going to be instantaneous. It, it becomes a choice, and it becomes a process. Uh, you know, I, I know, and, and basically I'm talking about myself. You know, when I, I talk about a kid that at five years old, you know, I was, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like Mike and, and Donna. You know, we basically were born into a, one family and got adopted by another, but but at five years old, I, I got to watch my dad, and don't, don't do this, really don't want to do this, but he mixed up a big old glass of uh, uh, rat poison and drank that right in front of me, and uh, he pretty much died on the spot. It's, it's, it's not a very good way to go. It, 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 it takes your insides and basically melts them, and it's, it's just not a, not a good way to go. And, and uh, prior to that, and then I have issues with myself because at the age of five, um, you know, I'm going to be 63, so I'm, I'm talking almost 60 years now uh, that that this has been on my heart, even though people say, oh, it's not your fault. Well, actually, I did do something at five. I, I managed to climb a, a, a ladder and got a box of matches, and, and I'm playing with these at five, and my little sister that's 11 months younger than I am, we're sitting there playing, well, you know, naturally, I got burnt, and, and I dropped one of those matches on her, and, and her nightgown went up like a candle, and, and she, she's alive, but, but she got burnt really bad. And, you know, I've, I've had to live with that. You know, you, uh, you know, you burnt your sister, and you've got a dad that could care less, and he cared more about himself than he did his kids and basically left us behind. And then I had a mother that, uh, basically, there wasn't a guy she didn't like. You know, it was one of those kind, and and pretty much left me to take care of my my little sisters at five. You know, well, you can do okay. You'll do it okay by yourself, and just took off and left us. And so I'm talking I'm talking things that were pretty serious in my life. You know, and and you know the 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 things that I've I've ended up you know many times hating myself because of like what I did to my sister. You know. I, it was my, you know, they said, no, I wasn't. Well, it was my fault. I, I was the one that grabbed it. Whether I'm responsible or not, I still did it, you know. And so I've had to live with that guilt, that, that sense of, of self-unforgiveness and, and unforgiveness towards my dad. And then I got adopted by uh, the people, the Cherry Holmeses. At, and I was, I was much older, you know, I was old enough to remember my real family. But then I, I, I got adopted by the Cherry Holmeses, who uh, he happened to be a, a liberal pastor, but they didn't believe in God at all. And, and my, my adopted mom didn't believe in God. She, they just thought it was a, uh, just a state of mind, you know, that it wasn't even real. And, 
all growing up the whole time I, I grew up with them you know they you know my my folks would always call me a loser and and, and you know, I'm, I'm not kidding about that. My dad said, well, you know, you're just a natural-born loser, Chuck. You're never going to amount to anything. And my mom, she said, you know, she used to tell me quite often, she says, well, you know, the reason we took you, Chuck, is because we had to to get your baby sister. We didn't want you, but we had to take you. So you grow up with that, and you, you want to talk, I, I guess maybe their, you know, stubbornness can be a bad thing, but... There, there was a point in my life where I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to get even with you guys. You know, there's going to come a time where I'm going to get even with you guys. Because, you know, even though I was, you know, I was little, but I had grandparents that were Christians, adopted grandparents. And they, they had a different, they were different than my adopted folks. And I never could really figure them out. But I, I know now, looking back on life, I know now why I was in that family it was more because of my adopted grandparents than anything else because if I'd have stayed with my real blood relatives it would have it would have uh, it would have been just it would have been it wouldn't have been good you know so I know that there's I know there's a uh, there was a reason that I was placed in this home you know and but my grandparents were constantly praying for me and Eventually, when I turned 18, it's like, okay, now's my chance to get away from these people. And I joined the Air Force, and I said, I'm never going back. You guys will never hear from me again. And I ended up finding the Lord in, in, in Germany when I was over there. And I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing when I prayed. You know, I had a Bible that I'd never read. And I did the real spiritual thing. I, I closed my eyes and opened it up. And and I, I came to Romans, what, 5, and it says, Therefore, since you are, we are justified by faith, we have peace with our God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I said, well, I don't know what that means, but if that's real, I'll, I'll take it your word and, you know, just take me and use me. That was my sinner's prayer. And it was just like instantly the Lord opened my eyes to what that meant. You know, and it, it was, you know, that, that's pretty cool. You know, that's a whole different different story. But unforgiveness the unforgiveness that I had and, and struggle with, if you, if you let it dwell and, and grow in you, it will eventually produce, it will produce a fruit like this that will not only affect you, but it'll spread throughout the body. It has to be dealt with. You know, I, you know, the, you know, I, you know, going up through life, I just, you know, and once I even became a Christian, I still struggled with that unforgiveness and, and Susan will tell you about the issues I've had with alcohol. I mean, alcohol. I love alcohol, and alcohol loves me. It just we we go together real good. But it, it's not a good outcome. There's there's never there's never a good outcome drowning your your sorrows and pain from the past in that stuff. You know, it just doesn't it just doesn't work like that. And God wants us to to be a body that supports each other. You know that that is there for each other. He wants us to, you know, at the end of Matthew it says he wants us to go and uh, make disciples of all nations, baptizing and and them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And if I'm holding unforgiveness in my heart, how am I going to do that? What what kind of disciple is that going to make? Yeah, that's not going to make the right kind. That's only that's only going to put more death and disease in the body 
You know, so dealing with dealing with hurt and pain from the past, well, you know, I've got it. I mean, you know, basically, I mean, I'm sure everyone else here does too. I mean, I, I know people do. And just to say, oh, that's just the way they were, well, that's not dealing with it. You have to rec- I have to recognize that my 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 real folks were lousy parents. I mean that's just the bottom line. They were lousy parents. My adopted parents, you know, were 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 lousy parents. I mean that's just the way it is. I mean they were. That's the way it is. And and yet in the last ten years, I know God has definitely softened my heart because of the fact that. You know, they've, they've, my adopted folks and my real mom have all passed on. And instead of going, all right, you got them, it's, it's now, now I, I realize that God has worked on my heart because I'm going, you know, if they really believed the way they believed when they passed on, you know, it's pretty hot where they're at right now. And I really don't, I, I, we as a body should not wish that on anybody. You know, and I don't. And, and so, therefore, you know, really I have more sorrow now for where they are really at. Uh, but that, you know, thank God that I had grandparents that prayed for me that were Christian, definite Christian. They were pretty quiet about it, but they definitely prayed for me. And, unfortunately, they're in heaven. I mean, they're in heaven now. They didn't get a chance to really see the, the fruits of what they've done, but they're like tree number two. They laid the foundation. They were there to support. Um, I got a little bit more here. So forgiveness is a way of life. I mean that that's the way it is. And here let's let's I'm gonna look at some more scriptures on this because whatever you say, you better back it up with scripture. If uh if I don't, then I'm just up here telling a story and it doesn't you know, you can take it with a grain of salt and Afterward, just throw it out if it's not backed up with Scripture because, I mean, my, my Bible says that uh, there's no other name under heaven given by which men may be saved. And that, that's, that's my favorite verse of all. That's my favorite verse because it, it pretty much makes me a real narrow-minded bigot, you know, that, that there's no other name. Well, that's it. It's just, it's just him. That's just him. But um, in... Uh, you know, when you're talking about those those unforgiveness words, well, let's let's look here at what uh, Ephesians 4:29 says. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness. Hmm, sounds like unforgiveness. Uh, get rage, anger brawling and slander along with every form of malice be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you sounds like we better get rid of unforgiveness doesn't it sounds to me I mean that that's pretty that's pretty clear cut and dried um, yeah I wish I wish there was there was another another magical phrase to go with that but there's not how about uh Philippians 3, now here's, here's kind of a, here's, here's one that if we harbor unforgiveness, this, this, this is kind of a powerful uh, verse, uh, verse 318 in Philippians says, For as I have often told you before and now say again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. 
Now, he's not talking to people that are unbelievers. He's talking to believers. And if, if I'm sitting here, you know, and, and it basically, you know, that unforgiveness, it, when I say, you know, it, it kind of basically takes the focus off of God and puts it on yourself anyhow. But that, that focus kind of spreads throughout the body, and it will affect each and every one of us to where pretty quick it's, you know, what's the point even of being here? You know, if we're, if we're going to harbor anger and bitterness towards each other. I mean, we've had a lot of people come and go because of some kind of offense, whether real or imagined. I mean, the people that have been here the longest know that. I mean, and, and there used to be a lot more people here that, that went because they, you know, something happened. Well, to me, in a sense, you can let that bitter root get in there, and it can destroy, your, it can destroy the, the ministry that we have as a body, and it should not be. I'd, I'd like to see this. I'd like to be the, the number two guy again and, and, in a sense, be a foundation. I'd really like to see a lot more young folks here, wouldn't you? I mean, I, I just really would because, you know, uh, we kind of need that to carry on after we're gone. I mean, if, if we don't have any young people, guess what happens when we all go? There, there's nobody left. <laughs> but that's, that's, you know, that's a whole different story, but... Um, nonetheless, it's still kind of important. I mean, maybe could it be that maybe our lifestyle, if there is unforgiveness, like I've struggled with, maybe that's that's kind of carried out, and, and people people besides myself can see that. Well, that guy's dealing with something, and you know he's just too afraid to admit it. You know, maybe you know I'm you know dealing with pride or whatever. I mean, that a lot of times that can happen. I mean, I used to, I struggled with pride last year. You know, this year I'm perfect, so. Um, <laughs> You know, so I, <laughs> that's not true either, you know. We know that, but um, if, if you don't believe that, just ask Susan. You know, I, I know that I know, I know I'm not going to pick on my Susan too much, but, you know, I know she's had her fair share of struggles in life, and she's dealt with forgiveness and unforgiveness towards herself as well. You know, I, I just know. I mean, I know her better than just about anybody else here, thank goodness, you know. And, uh, but, you know, I, I just see the struggle. But also see the community that we're in, that we are here to build each other up, to help each other get through that. Uh, here in 1 Corinthians, I think Stan was talking about this one last week, about the body as a unit. Though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body, just like a forest in a sense. We form one forest. So it is with Christ, for we are all baptized by one spirit in one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, we are all given the one spirit to drink. Now, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Each of us has different, different giftings, but we are still a part of a unity, a part of a body to build each other up. And it says uh, later on in verse uh, 25, says, So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So there again, if if I'm suffering from unforgiveness, uh, which it's still, it is a process, you know, God is bringing me out of that, then, you know, if, if I'm suffering from that, then it affects everybody. You know, it just does. It, it takes the, you know, the, the, you know, I kind of like the verse in, what's it, Psalms 51, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Well, you know, if you're harboring bitterness and rage and anger, you're not going to have any joy whatsoever. 
I kind of think it's for me there's kind of an example of of you know restoration that that God really does love us and care is that you know my little grandson Jonathan you know he he's probably the one that's taught me the most about God's love and restoration and and living through forgiveness because even at two years old you know he just he'd come up to me and he just he'd look up and he'd just put his hands up and he he wanted me to just pick him up you know and and he would just kind of melt into my arms and and it was at that time that that God basically said you know Chuck I'm the same way when you come to me like that you know just just you know he's not going to reject us but if we're living with if we're living with that anger that hatred the bitterness bitterness is really a bad one I mean it just that's that's the fungus just rotting the heart right out of you and it'll take whatever ministry you have and and destroy it if you allow it to that's what the enemy wants he wants this church to be wiped out he didn't want it to be here but if we learn to deal with our pain which all of us have it then you know God can really make us a, a powerful entity in this town which we should be because the enemy absolutely hates this place because he knows the outcome he, he knows his outcome I mean there's there's a I mean it's it's just as clear as could be that you know he's going to be barbecued for eternity and uh, that's I don't want to go there but if you live if you live in unforgiveness guess what you know, you can call yourself a you can call yourself a Christian all you want, but if you're living if if unforgiveness is a way of life for you, uh, I, I don't want to judge you, but I mean, this, I think the scripture pretty clear about that. You know, like I say, it is a process. We come through that, hopefully, and at some point, you know, we will be. I want to. I, what I want to be is found right here and you know if we we come through life the way we we should or used by God here in Matthew 25 um, well let's see if I got the right verse oh oh well, I got the okay I was looking at the wrong one I was thinking like why would I use that oh it says here in Matthew 25 verse 21 when when the time comes for me to stand before my maker it says his master replied well done good and faithful servant you have been faithful with a few things i'll put you in charge of many things come and share your master's happiness you know that's what i want for my life and that's what i want for this body i want us all to share in that i want us to be a be a vibrant living you know, in a sense, we're like a forest. We're like a bunch of trees that that each of us were. You know, we're we're different, and yet we we have roots that are intertwined together, that hold each other up, that protect each other. You know, so that when the storms the storms will come, you know, they they will there will be things happen, but because we're grounded in His love and faith, you know, we can stand. But only through His might, only through the Holy Spirit. I mean, that, that Holy Spirit kind of like the sap on a tree, you know, if there's a wound, that Holy Spirit comes in and helps that sap to come down so that when this fungus is looking for a place to land, that sap, that Holy Spirit is covering that wound, and guess what? It can't grow. It won't grow. And so 
you know, that's, I mean, we can't do it on our own. I don't, I don't care how hard you try to forgive on your own, you will not do it. You know, Oswald, I'm, I'm going to give you a last statement that uh, before I'm done, but Oswald Chambers has said something that really has struck home to me, and I'm just going to kind of paraphrase it. But basically, for the person that, that thinks they're standing on their own two feet, the Lord says, I've got nothing for you. You go stand on your own. He says, I've come for the person that realizes they bit off more than they can chew, that they can't do it on their own. And if you realize that, he says, I will give you all the resources of heaven to help you to live the life you should. Does anybody else struggle with unforgiveness? Well, you know, maybe I don't, I don't normally do an altar call, but maybe we all ought to come up and pray because I, I really like to see our, our church grow, and, and, but to be healthy as we grow. You know, and if, if I'm, you know, if there's, if there's a, you know, now that I've shared some of my struggles, at least you'll go, well, I didn't know that. You know, well, I mean, how are you going to know if you don't say something? You know, you kind of make yourself vulnerable, but, you know, by exposing the fact that I, I struggle with unforgiveness at times, guess what? The enemy can't use that against me because you've exposed it to the light. Once you expose it to the light, the enemy can't use that. And so by confessing, in a sense, my, my struggles, you know, it's like, all right, take that enemy, pow, you know, bop him on the head. You know, or hit him with a split maul or something, you know, you know. <laughs> so I guess I don't know if anybody needs prayer or not. Or, you know, we have elders here that would pray with you. I, I know they're sitting there. I know they struggle the same as I do. You know, that's where we're. But, Lord God, I just thank you for this day. Help us, Lord, to get through the things that we need to get through. Help us to be a community that would spread your gospel the gospel of love and restoration and that we don't need to hold things against people. And Lord, uh, just, just thank you for this day in Jesus' name. Amen.